Several months back, I was sitting on the couch. It was dark outside already. The kids were in bed. The couch was one of those that's a little too comfy, where you kind of slouch down and sink in. But I got a pillow, propped myself up, and focused in as my friend shared her wrestling of sorts. She is a writer and has been doing the gig thing for many years now, submitting her work, writing proposals, applying for full-time positions, going through interviews with sketchy Skype connections. Every piece she published buoyed her confidence, but every piece rejected seemed to flatten her sense of worth. Even as she received professional accolades, something seemed to gnaw away at her heart, which was being battered by voices that said she wasn't good enough, not successful enough. She was starting to wonder what she was even supposed to be doing anymore. Where in the frenzy, in that hectic, churning cycle, was God, she wanted to know. What was the call for her? How could she find a way to make the pieces whole? In our reading from the prophet Joel today, we find a community at a loss, staring at pieces of a life that no longer fit together the way they are used to. Their crops had been overrun by so many locusts that Joel described them as an invading army. Their land had been shriveled up in drought. It had been unrelenting. Their grains and their grapes, their olive trees, their fig and pomegranate and apple trees, everything was being consumed. Their hearts carried a heavy weariness. Yet Joel called them to be open to God in the midst of their brokenness. While we are unlikely to encounter literal swarms of locusts here, we know about an insatiable hunger for consumption that devours people and creation. We witness vulnerable communities subject to the whims of greedy, self-serving forces that would just as soon see them erased. Some among us know something of what it feels like to have the fruit of our labor just eaten alive. There are times when we feel utterly dry, when we look for God, when we try to hear a call, 
but we cannot piece together what the way forward ought to look like. And then what? And then, even then, even now, says the Lord, turn to God with all your heart. For our own sakes, for our communities, for the sake of the world, turn to God with fasting and weeping and mourning. Turn and rend your heart. I followed up with my writer friend last month after she'd had the opportunity to go on a personal retreat. She'd spent time in reflection and self-evaluation and prayer. She wrote and listened. She found herself sitting in a cabin, looking through a window out onto a snowy landscape, and she was brought back to an experience she'd had a decade earlier, sitting in a cabin, looking out onto a similar landscape. She said there'd been a lot of activity outside, others playing or trying to get to work, but she'd sat alone still. As these other people were going about their lives, there had been this great gust of wind. She explained that beech trees don't lose their leaves slowly one by one. They hang on to them until suddenly one day one gust of wind comes and blows them all off the tree. And this day, this day ten years ago that she still remembers vividly, this was the day. And she witnessed the beech tree lose its leaves. And suddenly she knew, this is my calling, she said. It is my job to notice on behalf of the world. And then to tell other people, today is the day the leaves fell from the beech tree. She went on to explain a profound sense of God, moving through creation, moving through her life, and a sense of calling humanity back to its essence. This period of introspection and stillness and attentiveness had led her to return to something that had been waiting for her for a long time. As I watched her tell this story, I could see that something in her had broken open. And it made something in me crack open, too. This opening is surprisingly difficult. It often hurts. It asks us to give up control, 
to relinquish something of ourselves. Because this isn't about a particular job or a career trajectory. It is about our hearts returning to God. And in that turning, seeing a glimpse of God's own heart, broken open, poured out with love and affection and yearning. This God is gracious and merciful. Sometimes when we hear that, I think we picture a judge who might hand down a merciful sentence. But actually, this word merciful has its root in the Hebrew word for womb. God is gracious and loves us with a love that springs from the womb, with a love that knows heartache and pain, with a love that ultimately births the healing and wholeness of the world. God is slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. Or we could translate that text as God is quick to forgive and of abundant devotion. In turning toward God, we come to know that in fact God is turned toward us. When we are willing to crack ourselves open, we often find that God relents, meaning that God is deeply moved in the gut, in her womb. This kind of love, Jesus tells us, means that our Father in heaven doesn't have much use for the things we do for the sake of appearances. Rend your hearts, not your clothing. Which does not mean that we get out of taking on spiritual practices. Jesus says, when you give, when you pray, when you fast, fully expecting that we will do those things. It means, rather, that we take this season as a spiritual retreat of sorts, with a willingness to wander among the pieces, to spend time with those things God is inviting us to notice. It means that we take on disciplines or give up things we value expecting that doing so will change us somehow. And it also means that we call an assembly and we gather the people because we engage this turning together. Not so that any of us may be seen by others, but because it helps to be on the journey alongside others who are paying 
attention. In the midst of drought or confusion or desolation, in the midst of frenzied activity that is so full and yet somehow empty, this way matters for us and for the world. As we discern the path ahead through self-examination, repentance, prayer, and fasting, we trust that we will be met with mercy as we turn and allow our hearts to crack open.